The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Okay, before I get to my next guest, Linda Harto, I want to give a shout out to our friends over at Two Under. Two Under men's performance briefs are the official underwear of the 2021 U.S. Ryder Cup team, the captain and all vice captains. They are worn by more than 30 players on the PGA and Champions Tour. They are also worn by over 70 NCAA Division I colleges and 17 NFL teams. The Joey Pouch technology provides the ultimate male asset management, delivering maximum comfort, fit, and performance from the golf course to the boardroom to the bedroom. Find these two underperformance men's briefs in over 4,000 golf pro shops nationwide, all Shields sports stores, PGA Tour Superstore, Golf Galaxy, and other fine retailers near you. Go online to twounder.com. That's the number two, U-N-D-R.com. Two under performance in your pants. Use code on the T20 for a 20% discount at checkouts. Not valid on items already on sale or NCAA license briefs. I also want to welcome a new sponsor to the show, Pine Valley Orthotics, and their founder, Stu Sakowitz. Did your feet, back, knees, and hips stop you from playing good golf or golf at all? Maybe plantar fasciitis or neuropathy is killing your golf game? Then you owe it to yourself to try a pair of Pine Valley Orthotics with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Pine Valley Orthotics are uniquely designed with an energy return system not found in any other product. When you step down, they gently spring back, relieving foot pain and stress, energizing your whole body, and they work. I love my Pine Valley Orthotics. I've got them in my golf shoes, and I've got them in my dress shoes. In fact, Stu Sakowitz, the owner, is so sure that they're going to ease your pain, he's offering a 30-day money-back guarantee. If you want better balance and stability, treat yourself to a pair of Pine Valley Orthotics today. Go to pinevalleyorthotics.com and for a limited time, you can get these for only $99 and a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's only $99. Ease your pain, improve your game, and change your life. Only at pinevalleyorthotics.com. Okay, now next on the tee with me is Linda Harto. Linda grew up in the countrysides of Wilmington, Delaware, and Louisville, Kentucky. She took to art at the age of six. She spent the early part of her career up in Chicago, where she earned her fine arts degree from the prestigious Art Institute of Chicago. Back in the 1970s, she started selling her art, prints, and posters locally. She moved near Hilton Head in 1980. She has since become recognized as one of golf's leading artists. She's the only person to be commissioned to do annual paintings of the U.S. Open and the Open Championship by the USGA and the RNA. You can see her amazing work and purchase prints online at hardtoad.com, and that's H-A-R-T-O-U-G-H.com. And I'm honored to have her with me tonight here on Next on the T. Hey, Linda, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, well, thank you for that great introduction. It's a pleasure to be here, for sure. Well, Linda, I want to start our time tonight by really going back to the beginning. Like I say, you, you seem to take the art at the age of six. Talk about uh, well, what drew you to art at such a young age. I think it was it was just there, you know. It was just something I did, and my earliest memories, really. 
And I didn't realize that not everybody did that until around six. And then that just sort of defined it to me. And I thought, oh, okay, I'm an artist. So <laughs> it really <laughs> defined the rest of my life for sure. <laughs> Kept me out and of Linda, a lot like of I trouble. Say, <laughs> and like I said, you, you moved around a lot you know, from Wilmington to Louisville, then obviously up mm -hmm. to Chicago. What had you on the move? Well, my father was a chemical engineer, so he switched jobs quite often. And uh, I went to school in Chicago, and I came down here in South Carolina. And I've been here since 1980, so longer than anywhere. <laughs> and, and Linda, who are your artistic influences? So, you know, the people that you admired and maybe the folks that pushed oh, wow. you in this sort of artistic direction? Well, I had a lot of great teachers, and I went to University of Louisville for a while, and there were some really good teachers there. And then I went to the Skowhegan School of Painting and Sculpture in Maine, and from there I went to the Art Institute of Chicago. So I had a lot of really great influences, but as far as the really famous artists, I guess I'd have to say... Uh, Edwin, Edward Hopper and George O'Keefe and, oh gosh, all the way back to the old masters, Monet, all of them. <laughs> you know, they were all influenced. Linda, talk about those days in the 70s of selling your art locally there around Chicago. What was that like? Well, there was just a whole lot of really great art fairs, and I just thought, you know, I really didn't want to teach, and I didn't. There wasn't much really to do to make a living from art, but just paint and go out and sell it. So <laughs> that's kind of what I did when I realized the art fairs. You know, watched them, and I saw that people were doing well at them. And I thought, well, I could do this. So I just did. I just jumped right in there, and I did a number of art fairs every season, and. I did quite well with it, really. I I did some work through galleries, but mostly it was direct sales, which taught me a lot. And it was very interesting work, too. I have to say, traveled around the country a little bit to some of the art fairs that were in different regions. But mostly I stuck around Chicago area. So when did interest spark up in golf and golf landscapes? Golf, well... When I moved down here, I was in a gallery on Hilton Head, and someone from Augusta National saw my landscapes, and uh, they put me in touch with the two pros then, you know, Dave Spencer and Bob Kletke, and this was in 1984, and they asked me if I could paint a golf course, and I said, sure. <laughs> so that's when it started. I went there, and I painted the 13th pole for the first time, and um, they, I had never printed any of my paintings up to that point, and they took it and had it printed, and we sold the prints at the 85 Masters. And I thought, wow, this is, this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I, no I did, yeah. <laughs> So I did that one. That was the 13th. And then I did the next year, I did the 16th. And then I did the 18th. 
And by that time, I thought, well, you know, there's really something to this. And I went to a PGA show in 1988, and then I started getting commissions from other clubs from my work through Augusta. And it just pretty much that's all I was doing by 1988. I was just 100% golf from then on. and still is. As my listeners will tell you, Linda, Augusta National is my favorite place on the planet. Yeah. You obviously got to spend a lot of time there. Um, I did. Talk about your experiences that uh, being in and around the National, and do you have a favorite hole that uh, that you enjoy? Well, Amen Corner, of course. You know, that's the most iconic views on the whole course. And the 13th hole I painted about six times just that one hole but uh i've done a number of different views and different prints and it, there's just a lot there as far as you know beautiful views of, and i enjoyed it I've, I've seen it change so much though since well 1985 masters now it's just like a completely different place but it's it's been interesting to be part of it, to say the least. Have you gotten to spend time in other places that most of us will never see, whether it's in the clubhouse or some of the cabins or other pieces of that property outside of just the golf course? At Augusta? Yeah. Well, yeah, I've yeah. been in some of the hospitalities. I've, you know, worked for the different companies. And, uh, yeah, I've been pretty much all over. <laughs> Augusta National. I, I know it pretty well. I know all the little back trails behind the holes and, you know, getting pictures and spending a good bit of time there to get the uh, photographic reference that I need. And I've even been there in the summer and in the fall at different years, but in the winter. So I've been there all seasons and all seen it in all different light. And Lindy, talk about the process that you go through for your paintings. Are you mm -hmm. sitting out there on a golf course like Augusta National or Pebble Beach on a day when no one else is out there, early when no one else is out there? Do you use photographs? What's the process you go through yeah. to get your paintings done? Well, if it's a course I haven't been to, of course, I like to see the whole course first, how it's played, just to get a feeling of it and then uh kind of zero in on the holes and I and I talk to the people and ask them what's their most memorable hole, you know, what do they think of? And then I just try to find the one if I'm only doing one painting of that whole course, I have to find that one hole that kind of sums up its character. Maybe the club's house is in it. It just depends, and uh, then I have to find the right light for that hole. So I usually get there at dawn, and there's not too many people out there then. <laughs> and that's my favorite light, I guess, the morning and the late afternoon. But, uh, you know, I kind of stay out of the way pretty much and just watch the hole and watch how the light changes. Take a lot of and then when I get back to the studio, I just 
study them all until I find the right combination. Uh, put it all together somehow, and it all comes together. <laughs> <laughs> and Linda, like I mentioned in your intro, you are the only mm -hmm. person to be commissioned by the USGA and the RNA to do annual paintings mm -hmm. of the U.S. Open and uh, the Open Championship. How did that come about? Well, at that 1988 uh, PGA show, I got in touch with a, uh, Bob Pringle in Scotland, and he was a, art, a golf art, or no, well, golf antique dealer, and he also handled antiquities in the golf art area as well. And he was looking for someone to do some good paintings, you know, now. <laughs> And so we got, we sort of went into business, and he was a member of the RNA, and he introduced me there. And so that's when we started the Open Championship Series. This was in 1990. And then he went over and talked to the USGA, and they thought it was a great idea, too. So <laughs> I started the U.S. Open Championship Series in 1990 as well. And I did the whole rotation of the Open Championships, and then I started doing the U.S. Opens, and I did them for the next 25 years. Wow. So that, yeah. <laughs> really. So, Linda, do you play? Do you do you enjoy playing golf? I am an avid watcher. I don't have time <laughs> to play. <laughs> I appreciate it on the same level. I, it's a discipline. Uh, I think so is painting, and I I see it that way. You know, I just love to watch the golf. I lo love to watch anyone play but me, for sure. I played a little when I was young, but mostly I was involved in uh, art, and I did some horseback riding back then, too, so I was I had a pretty full schedule. And I just more appreciate it. My father was avid, avid golfer <laughs> all his life. <laughs> Do you have a favorite, favorite property or course that, that you enjoy spending time at? And, you know, whether it's doing multiple uh, paintings or just appreciating the landscape, is there a favorite that you have? Well, Augusta, of course. Uh, but I love the Scottish and the Irish courses. I love that combination of the natural landscape and and the contours of the course are just I just love that combination and the wildness of it. They're all different. That's what makes it so exciting to do is how the landscape is so different at every course. They all have their own character. Right. Linda, talk about what the Academy of Golf Art is. Uh, yeah, that was formed uh, because there were a number of us that were were um, creating this golf art, and we thought we would form this organization to help raise awareness for the genre uh, and help bring collectors together with the different artists. So we formed the Academy of Golf Art. You can find that online at academy.org, academyofgolfart.org. Uh, we have a number of artists, and occasionally we have some exhibitions. 
and we've had a, quite a few at the Morris Museum of Art in Augusta, Georgia. And uh, you know, it's it's been nice, you know, and, and I think it brings recognition to golf art too. So Linda, are there courses you haven't been to yet or one you oh, might be yeah. looking forward to painting? <laughs> Yeah, there's quite a few that are on the kind of the bucket list, but uh, you know, it doesn't. It takes me a very long time to do these paintings. Uh, I can only get so at most three or four done a year, and uh, I don't know. Uh, I think I'd like to do some things that uh, uh, Band and Dunes is really attractive, and there's so many over in Scotland I've been to. A lot of them I've even photographed, but there's just so much time in life, you know, I can't get them all done. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to do Cypress Point. I mean, there's courses in Australia, New Zealand. I mean, gosh, you know, they're they're everywhere. They're beautiful. Right. And Linda, on Friday, October mm -hmm. the 1st, you're going to be participating in a golf art symposium up in Monroeville, mm -hmm. Pennsylvania, which is the next town over from where I'm from, which is Penn oh, Hill. Really? But okay. Yeah. T talk about that event and how our listeners might be able to see you there. Uh, that's the Golf Hist Historical Society. Um, they're having their 50th annual meeting, and... Um, yeah, there's all kinds of events, and they're putting together. We're kind of a uh, a group of artists are going to exhibit there during their little convention, and uh, then they're having that symposium, which should be really interesting for sure. And that'll be that weekend, uh, September 30th through October 3rd, I think. Right. Well, Linda, remind our listeners again. <laughs> Again, about your website, uh, plus right. how they can follow uh -huh. you and uh, keep up to date with the stuff you're doing on social media. Yeah. Well, of course, there's Facebook and uh, Twitter, and then uh, the website, which is just harto.com, H-A-R-T-O-U-G-H. And we do a lot of uh, giveaways. We do a guest the winner at a lot of the PGA Tour events. Like we'll be doing one for the tour championship and doing one for the, uh, you know, the Ryder Cup, of course. And uh, it's just you just try to guess the winner, and if you guess, you win a print. So you have to sign up for the email to get the the guess the winner email. But it's kind of fun. Everybody likes to do that. No doubt. I know. I'll yeah. be I'll be participating. My goodness. To get a uh, Linda Harto print? You kidding me? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's kind well, of fun. Well, Linda, it has been wonderful having you as part of the show tonight. I hope you'll come back sometime. Update us on all the great oh, things sure. you're doing. Let us know about the new works you've got going and uh, things you might be doing on your website. It's uh, it's been a lot of fun having you as part of the show tonight. Well, I appreciate it very much, very much. So, thank you. You bet. Stay safe, Linda. All the best you and your family. Look forward to catching up with you again soon. All right. Thanks. <laughs> Take care. See you, Linda. That's the great Linda Harto. And again, H-A-R-T-O-U-G-H is the spelling of her last name. And Harto.com is the website. Folks, you got to see 
these paintings and the prints and the posters and everything that she's got available on her website. Truly outstanding stuff. It's easy to see why uh, folks from the Augusta National, USGA, and RNA would commission Linda to do their paintings for the U.S. Open, for the uh, Open Championship, and then for all of these wonderful golf courses because her work's just outstanding. So you'll be um, you'll be amazed at what you see on her website. And then, like I say, the opportunity to go on her site and maybe win one, a print, um, or just order one for yourself because they're absolutely outstanding stuff. So very much looking forward to having Linda back as part of the show. And a shout out to Sally Sportsman who connected Linda and I. Thank you, Linda, for putting the interview together. You're right. She's fantastic. So really looking forward to having Linda back as part of the show. Before I close up shop tonight, folks, I want to let you know that tickets are on sale now for the Tour Championship here in Atlanta at Eastlake Golf Club. The tournament will be held September 2nd through the 5th. Eastlake, folks, is one of the most prestigious and beautiful golf courses in the country. If you've never been to the tournament, you're going to be wowed by the course, the amenities, and how well you're treated there. Go online to tourchampionship.com and get your tickets to watch the top 30 players on tour this season decide who will be the FedEx Cup champion, and who walks away with a $15 million first place check. All right, folks, it's time for me to put a bow on this episode of Next on the Tee. My sincere thanks go out to Tom Patrick, Frank Nabilo, Scott McCarron, and Linda Harto for joining me tonight. Please check out our website, nextonthetee.net, to keep up to date with what our guest schedule looks like. And scheduled to join me next week are good friend Dave Stockton Jr. will be back. One of the top instructors in the game, Jonathan Yarwood, will make a second visit here with me on Next on the Tee, as will LPGA legend Jane Blaylock. Really looking forward to catching up with Jane. And Dr. Bern Bernacki, co-vice president of the First Tee of Pittsburgh and vice president of the Golf Heritage Society, will be joining me as well. So it's going to be a good one, folks. I hope you'll come back and be a part of it with us. You can stream this show as a podcast on a number of great podcasting sites and apps like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio. If you have a favorite podcasting site or app, we're probably on it. Just go to the search bar and type in Next on the T. You'll probably find us on there as well. Folks, thanks again for choosing to listen to this show tonight. I really appreciate the fact that you continue to make Next on the T a part of your golfing content. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends.
The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. 